Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tell Us What's in the Box. What's in the box today, Danny? Uh, Russian space stuff. Russian space yes. stuff. Aliens. Aliens. I am Danny. And I'm Joanna. And we are here to talk about Sputnik. The 2020 Russian science fiction horror film directed by Igor Abramko. Abramko? Abramko. I'll try. Abram- Maybe one of the Abramko. I Abramko. 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 Okay. Well, Igor. That's Igor. Okay. Abramko. There we Sorry, go. Igor. There we go. <laughs> and Jason's not our strong suit. <laughs> no, it is. It is not. We we try. We try. Um. Okay. So, what Abramenko, is I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, sometimes you overcomplicate Sputnik? it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, what is Spudnik, Danny? What the heck is this movie that we're going to talk okay, about? Okay. So, there are some cosmonauts who go into space. Um, this is the beginning of it. And they come back, but uh, they don't come back by themselves. And well, one of them comes back and the other dies and uh, doesn't come back by himself. And so we sort of follow what happened, um, you know, and it's kind of funny because I first thought, you know, when this movie started, it's going to be like a space horror thing. You know, they're going to be mm-hmm. out there in their vessel and it's going to be, you know, them running from some horror and stuff like that out in space with their suits and stuff like that. And this was not that. This was um, not that at all. This was um, basically the whole movie just takes place like when he comes back. And it's kind of the aftermath of him coming back from his mission and stuff. Um, so first of all, let's let's talk about first impressions of this movie before I think, you know, it might be good just to talk about the first Mm-hmm. You know, maybe some adjectives that come to mind, and then we can kind of get into maybe some themes and the characters and relationships between them and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh unexpected, I think, I think for both of us, that's one word to to describe it. Um, um like a lot of I think at least the Russian films and Russian like literature books in this type of horror genre or post-apocalyptic or sci-fi that I have read, there's usually like a heavy emphasis on some kind of morality, morals. There's always this tug of war, I think, between good and evil, but it's there's a lot of gray area in between. Um, but also this was kind of heartwarming. It had a much more positive ending to it than um, I think most people would expect out of a horror movie. Um, but also I kind of totally called the ending too. <laughs> so you? there was, I, I did. Um, I, I was basically like, Oh, there's this kid in the orphanage. She's totally going to go get the kid in the orphanage and kind of fucking do, do a little Dexter. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but yeah, that was, uh, yeah, those are my impressions. What about yours? 
Yeah, it was, like I said, I, I kind of thought um, it was going to be, you know, out in space and it was really a lot more of a character study than I was expecting. Like, yeah, it was horror and there was horror stuff going on, but that wasn't the focus. Mm-hmm. It really was the relationships and the characters. Yeah. You know, that that really um, kind of drove the whole thing. Um, rather than, you know, the horror was kind of a tableau to kind of show how these characters view life and all of that sort of stuff rather than... Um, Rather than just, oh, it's a tour, we're running and we're screaming and there's blood and whatnot. It really was not about that so much. You know, it really wasn't. It was, um, so that was kind of my impression of it. That was more of a character study than a horror movie, which really surprised me. Like I said, I expected to be on space and they were running and doing all this mm-hmm. stuff. And it really wasn't. It, and, yeah. um, and that was really cool. So that was my kind of initial impression awesome yeah it felt yeah I I'm glad it steered away from like alien right you go into outer space and then there's you know you accidentally come across this creature and it's kind of fucking pissed (laughs) you know (laughs) I mean this creature was kind of fucking pissed too but because it inhabited um Constantine's body he's the astronaut that came back um initially all the scientists at the secret like Russian base thought it could have been a parasite um but then they bring um Tatiana um a doctor in to try to help suss things out to figure out how do we separate these two and she comes, you know, she comes to find out like, no, they're symbiotic. They're relation, like they're, they're kind of one, one and the same. And it just reminded me um, about like, uh, it, it had a lot of similarities in a much more darker sense to like the trill from Star Trek. Um, um, yeah. There's a little bit of like the astronaut's wife in there. I kind of got that, that vibe too. Um, if anybody's seen that with, Charlize Theron and Johnny Depp. I think they came out in the nineties, but yeah, it's, um, a nice, like fresh, non-American take on like the horrors and, you know, the unknown of space travel and it's, it's body horror in, in a sense. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah, there's this thing that is attached to you and once it fully integrates with you, you can't live without it and it can't live without you. without yeah. you and you both die. But in order to survive, not only do the alien and Con- Constantine have to be like combined, but aliens got to got to kill some people mm-hmm. and like feed all of these um, like feed all of these emotions and jack up various hormone levels and everything yeah. else that they like it feeds off like cortisol film. is what they said yeah. which is like the fear hormone cortisol oh yeah cortisol that's right. yeah mm-hmm. um yeah yeah i mean it was very yeah it really did have and and that little part where you find out that it kind of really threw me off for a second because he comes to get her after she gets there 
and brings her there to show her the creature coming out of of Constantine, right? Mm. The the cosmonaut. But then he's acting like he's seen this before, but like you see it and you're wondering like, well, he looks dead. How could they have seen this before? Like it's obvious this is what he wanted to show her. And it yeah. isn't tell like a little, so you, so they kind of did a good job of that because you're showing it how she sees it and wondering yeah. like what the hell is going on. And then he describes it as, so yeah, it comes out every night and then goes back in and you know, that's what happens. Yeah. And you're like, ew. <laughs> ew. Yeah. Ew. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. I mean, just me in general stories about like parasites or foreign objects, creatures, Stickiness in your body whatsoever. I'm like, oh yeah, God, yeah. no. But yeah. yeah. Um, and not only that, Constantine like knew you find out like halfway through the film, he knew since the beginning that this that, is what was going that, on. That this thing was going on. Yeah. You know, um, and he I mean, so you know, this poor, this poor woman, um uh, Tat- Tatiana, as uh, she yeah. is just trying to figure out, you know, oh, how do we yeah. separate them and she's like the one person that isn't really in the know of everything from the beginning and I mean the um was it the uh uh colonel the uh the the colonel he's keeping shit from her and well, he's keeping Ailey. shit from Moscow oh, too like yeah. he's not even telling like the government what is no. going on you know no. which is like okay dude you know, like, okay. Yeah. Although totally believable though. Cause I'm like, yeah, if any country's astronaut came back with a symbiotic being stuck in their body, I don't think they'd say anything to the general public either. So right. well, not just that, not just yeah. that, but he was keeping information from the government themselves. It wasn't just the public. Yeah. He was actually keeping information from yeah. the government. and was like, yeah, I'll be court-martialed. If anyone mm. found out, I'm like, dude, you'd probably be worse than court martial, but whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's talk about some relationships. Let's start with. There's a lot. Yeah. yeah there are a few. <laughs> I have like the four main kind of characters that get named and stuff listed um, here. So let's talk mm. about Oksana and the Colonel, because that's kind of the first relationship we get him coming mm. to her and recruiting her. Mm. and um you mean Tatiana Tatiana yeah yeah. uh Tatiana yeah and the colonel um so let's talk about their relationship because they're kind of the first relationship that we see when he comes to her and invites Mm -hmm. her there um just help find figure out what's going on um so how did you feel what was what was their relationship like do you think like I mean from the very beginning like he so like she's in kind of um a precarious predicament right you know she's a doctor um who is sitting before what i think is like a medical board or yeah. something mm-hmm. and they're grilling her on some tactics that she used to save a boy um it's I mean, just basically the tactics were dangerous. There was a chance that the boy could have died, but he didn't. She saved, she saved his life, but the mom, you know, is pissed. 
So stuff happened. She's there. They give her the choice, you know, like either you just go ahead and like resign or we can send this to court basically. But the colonel, he's there watching this all unfold. And he's basically like, uh, Tatiana, she's willing to kind of go against authority uh, to do unorthodox, unconventional things to save people. I need her. Right. So the colonel is looking at it like, okay, this woman can help me gain something personally. And he automatically has leverage over her because she risks like losing her medical license, going to jail and you know, what, whatever else happens. So she's, you know, he, he, he catches her in a position to where she can't say no, but because she's such a softy at heart, she just has to save everybody. So she's like, okay, yes, let me, let me help. So yeah, I think that, she's yeah. a, what she's a psychiatrist. I think, I, I think I so, got the yeah. impression that she worked with, you know, uh, psychiatry, mental mm-hmm. illness, trying to figure out what was going on. I think, I think because that was, seemed to be that sounded like what was going on it sounded to me yeah that would be my guess that she was some kind of psychiatrist that makes sense I mean she did know a lot about um mental illness and you know drugs and hormone reg- regulation and things like that yeah. everything and she didn't really yeah. like examine him she interviewed him so yeah. it wasn't like she was going in there and and you know taking his heart rate and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. mean, she looked at what data they had, but that's not the data she herself was collecting. Right. Right. So I kind of got the impression she was a psychiatrist of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought they had a very, you know, yeah, I think you're right in the sense that, you know, she wanted to help, but she also had little choice you know, with her situation at the beginning, yeah. you know, losing her license or yeah, or, or getting it sent to court, you know, that lady was pretty hefty in the beginning. He's like, she's like, look, you have two choices. Either you admit guilt yeah. and you resign and leave, or we send this to court. Mm-hmm. Your choice. Yeah. Although as a side note, I liked it that it was kind of like the two most powerful women in the room. Yeah. That were in conflict with each other and the other dudes were just sitting at the table yeah i really appreciated that. <laughs> that was pretty good <laughs> yeah and also and and they didn't like she didn't outright say her choice but she did because when she leaned forward and was like i did the right thing yeah i think she was basically saying yeah go ahead send it to court like because yeah. it didn't sound to me like because then right after she said that it cut to her being outside so we didn't get mm. to see like the end result but, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, if that's if that was her way of saying, yeah, fine, go ahead. I dare you. I mean, at that point, she has nothing to lose. Yeah. You know, although you know, she did. She did tell him when he came to her and asked, you know, her to check this patient. She's like, yeah, if you can do it in two weeks and then I'm gone. Mm-hmm. That does indicate that maybe she tendered her resignation. Hmm. That's I don't true. know. So, I mean, That's those are the true. only two real pieces of evidence we have her statement and then what she said to the colonel. So yeah, either way, she was kind of bummed. 
yeah. she would either have no job or she was about to go through a, a court yeah process and then probably be thrown you know be put be put in jail so yeah so she yeah. didn't have a lot of choices I mean even though she wanted to help people um you know she did she didn't have a lot of a lot of choice to go and, and check that out so he really did use mm-hmm. what leverage he had over her to get her to go and then after that he was playing on her emotions and sympathy to get her to stay yeah like after she saw what was going on and a couple times she was like no i'm leaving he would he would come up and then he would like play on her you know don't you think you can save him you know like don't you want to do something about this you know like yeah et cetera, et cetera. so you know he was a very uh, manipulative dude he was even holding like purposeful information from her yeah and he was holding uh uh information from her and his purpose from her um yeah so mm-hmm. man of course he wanted to weaponize the alien of course he did you know and she called called him out out on it and it's like no like this is this is a bean yeah we don't like know what it is or where it came from or you know like whatever yeah but the same thing you know the same way he you know um authorized all those prisoners to be used as bait for the alien because every every night the the alien would come out for a specific amount of time um it was to me it was kind of unclear why but i think it had something to do with regeneration or something like that actually i they said that it was coming out more and more each time and it was acclimating itself Mm, okay and that eventually it wouldn't need him anymore although that was in the beginning so that could have been just something she was told or initial things she figured out Mm -hmm. Um, but that was something they said at one point that it was coming out more and more like a few minutes more each time and it was acclimating and she pointed out that soon it wouldn't need him Mm -hmm. but then that wasn't the case but then then she was mistaken or she said she was mistaken yeah but i think she was kind of lying to the colonel when she said that because then when constantine was lying against the truck she was like no we can separate you we can figure it out yeah so and then he shoots himself and then that's it all right yeah. well problem solved that was a spoiler like. spoiler end <laughs> yeah but yeah so then he took care of the problem but um yeah so who knows you know these people were just trying to figure it out you know so i don't know as if we can really take any of those statements as like true true because either yeah. they might have been mistaken at the time or manipulating someone at the time depending on who's saying it and when they're saying mm-hmm. it but um yeah but it was nice that there were specific like established truths about this alien so i think if we think you know like some of the big sci-fi horror movies it's just oh angry entity that isn't humanoid or maybe is humanoid it's here to kill us um no we're not going to study it or anything we're just going to try to kill it before it kills us there is no attempt at like connection or anything like that whereas in this movie 
there actually is. And that connection does happen because the alien and um, Con- Constantine do basically become one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of made, it added a whole new level of, of like empathy mm-hmm. for the alien, for Tatiana, for Constantine, you know, for kind of like everybody involved because nobody has a fucking choice. Um, although the only thing we don't know is like, you know, all right, like why, like, Hey alien, why did you try to inhabit somebody in the first place? We know why it didn't work with con with Constantine's, uh, co co-pilot because he had some medical conditions. Oh yeah. Uh, What, what is that? Addison disease. It's like, um, tumors and stuff. It's like a form of, let me see. Addison's disease. We need a producer to Google shit for yeah. us. <laughs> it's an adrenal insufficiency. So it's an uncommon disorder that occurs when your body doesn't produce enough of certain hormones. In this case, it was suppressing. Yeah. In Addison's disease, your adrenal glands located just above your kidneys produce too little cortisol, mm. which is why. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. And what, what is it? Uh, they kind of touched on it in the film, I think, but I probably missed it. What is, what does it mean when your body doesn't make enough like cortisol? Does that just mean you don't experience as intense emotions or is it just specific emotions like fatigue, weight loss and decreased appetite, darkening of your skin, low blood pressure, Mm. salt craving, low blood sugar, nausea, diarrhea, or vomiting, abdominal pain, muscle or joint pains, irritability, depression or other behavioral symptoms, body hair loss or sexual dysfunction in women. Jesus Christ. Okay. So this cosmonaut had this condition that could cause a myriad of side effects or complication and they still let him go into space. She said they hadn't detected it when he left, but the alien was able to detect that it was there. Okay. Okay. She said that when she was showing uh, the other doctor, the body, she said, yeah, it wasn't enough for us to detect it when he left and he had his physical, but the alien could detect it and and whatever. That that is some crafty writing right there. (laughs) It's like, ah, they just fucked up. And because she knew, (laughs) and because she was specifically looking at the question of why didn't the alien inhabit him? She was doing tests and stuff. And that's how she discovered he had the adrenal disease. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So can we like, like symbolically look at the alien as like, I don't know, like a negative form of emotion that can literally consume you until you, you become that. Yeah, I mean, Um, well, you're looking at, um, you know, Constantine even said, like, it's my guilt. I deserve this. Basically indicating mm -hmm. that it was karma for him abandoning his kid and, you know, whatever and stuff like that, which, you know, I mean, he didn't know until a week before he left. But it's less like, I suppose his option there would be like, hey, I can't go on this mission. (laughs) I just found out I had a kid. Who, by the way, is like seven years old. Yeah, you know? but he said he didn't find out till like a week before they left because the mom died. And that's yeah. how they, the mom died. 
and they he found out about it then when she died and couldn't take care of the kid anymore yeah and instead of deciding not to go into space and saying hey i just found out i had this kid you know um he went and he was like yeah "Yeah, i'll pick him up when i come back whatever yeah and there and well and there's all that um stuff that he talked about too of like do you know like what it would mean for a hero so you know to for it to come out to the public that oh i had an ill illegitimate child with a woman many years ago and then knew that he existed regardless of how long before going up into space. And as Tatyana pointed out, just to kind of like poke the bear a little bit, she was like, yeah, you know, you, you knew he existed. You knew he was put into an orphanage and yet you had an entire week to do something about it. At least, you know, call the orphanage or something. Right. And said, you just kind of kept it quiet because you didn't want it to ruin your image. Right. Yeah. He wanted and I to was go like, into space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, I, yeah. Also, at the same time, getting that kind of news a week before you're going on this like really dangerous journey. I, if I was in that position too, I would be like, what the fuck do I do? Like, yeah. of course, for that week before well, you go up, you're doing training and everything else. But then it's well, like, oh, If I recall correctly, at least Mm -hmm. in, I I remember watching Apollo 13 Mm -hmm. and they had a contingency, at least NASA did. And I can't Mm -hmm. imagine that the Russian space program wouldn't have something like that, where they have another set of astronauts who are training at the same time. That's how Kevin Bacon Mm -hmm. got on the Oh my and god. Oh, that's because right. Gary Sinise's character had gotten exposed to measles and they didn't want him to get sick while he was up there. Right. So they brought Kevin else, Bacon, yeah. who had been training, yeah. go up instead. And that was like Wait, he got ex- he got exposed to measles and he didn't have a vaccine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what when the vaccine all these plot holes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just remember it was measles. Because at the end, it shows Gary Sinise, and he was like, yeah, he lived to do this and this, never having gotten the measles. Like, the irony was, is that Gary Sinise never got sick. Like, they they grounded him because they they were afraid he would get sick while he was up in space. Yeah. And he never did. However, um, Bill Paxton's character, rest in peace, um, got sick. He got the flu while he was up there. So that was the irony of it, that Gary Sinise did not get sick and yeah. he was grounded, whereas Bill Paxton's character got, you know, whatever. So it seems yeah. weird. So, yeah, you know, you're sitting there like, well, the mission is all ready to go, but you would think that they would have a contingency if yeah, they get sick or injured or dies or family emergency, something or, yeah. happens like they did in Apollo 13 which was based off the program that they had a set of three astronauts that were going up, but they had another set of three that were training as well, just Mm -hmm. in case something happened. Cause they had this big tense scene between Kevin Bacon and the other team when they were switching in the training simulators, they were taking turns and stuff because they were all training at the same time. Yeah. It's been a hot minute since I've seen (laughs) 
that movie. That. It's been it's been a long time, but good good movie. Um, so would you then say, like, let's assume that this Russian space crew had the same contingency plan? Do you think that would have like changed? It con- makes his decision worse. Yeah, because then it it's does. a completely like, oh, I have an opportunity. I have an out. I just have to let someone else go in my place. Yeah, but he chose not to do that. Yeah. Instead, it wasn't like, oh, if we do this, we're grounding the whole mission. If they did have someone to replace, then that kind of makes his decision worse because he didn't want to give up his opportunity to go when he could have just stepped aside and let someone else go in his place. Yeah. Right. And then he also said at one point, well, I didn't grow up with the dad. So what? just like ooh, come on Tatiana like give like just grill him even more yeah but yeah that part was so good yeah I don't I totally agree I I, I don't think he would have done that um now at the end I think he he did the right thing yeah yeah because Otherwise, he would have had to keep killing people, regardless if they were murderers, rapists, or totally innocent. And I mean, he couldn't, that wouldn't make him, that that would make him a worse dad. So Mm -hmm. no matter what, and I think, you know, um, Tatiana, she definitely knew that. And I think when she tells him that she doesn't have any children, I think that was a little bit of foreshadowing mm-hmm. um because there's so much focus on this boy we keep seeing him in the orphanage and everything else and it's like they wouldn't show him in the orphanage if he wasn't going to come back like at the end or something later right so right you know so to go back to your yeah i mean i think it is supposed to be kind of a manifestation of like emotion you know, I think it is, you know, I mean, because like we said, this this movie is not about really the horror part of it, even though you got, you know, aliens coming out of people's mouths and killing people and stuff like that. That's it's gore. Not, yeah, yeah, it's not really the focus of the movie. Um, you know, there's a lot of conversations that happen, yeah. which is kind of what makes gives me that impression is that they focus more on the conversations like between the Colonel and Tatiana, between Tatiana and Constantine, between Tatiana and Yen, you know, the the other doctor Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. You know, it's just all these conversations and kind of these four people who are dealing with this situation and how they feel about it, where they've come from, what their goals are, you know, and all this sort of stuff and kind of working through it rather than it just being a, we're running for the untenable horror that we have unleashed because we went into space where no man should go, yep. you know, sort of crap. Why and, didn't y'all listen to Ripley? I know, <laughs> you know sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was, it wasn't that, it wasn't that type of movie. It was more like, Hey, let's see, you know, how these characters respond. These type of characters respond to this situation. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So in that sense, I would say that the monster would, have to be metaphorical somehow yeah and hey here's a thought okay think about it as this is emotion right like emotion Mm -hmm. bad emotions specifically if it feeds off fear um 
you know, perhaps, perhaps it is fear. It's kind of representative of our fears and it attacks fear, you know, Mm. then look at how everybody kind of responds to it. Right. Yeah. The, the, the Colonel wants to weaponize it. Right. He wants to take fear. He wants to take that emotion. He wants to weaponize it. He wants to control it. Right. For Constantine, it's a part of him. It is him. That emotion is him. It's part of him. It cannot be separated. Right. Yeah. Whereas for Tatiana, she wants to separate it. She wants to be separated from those emotions and stuff. So if you kind of look at it as three different ways of dealing with that and how each of them, she wants to separate herself from it, completely divorce you know, mm-hmm. that was her whole goal. We'll separate you. You know, you don't have to do this, blah, 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 yeah. blah, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, just distance and get it away. It's not you. Whereas the colonel's like, now we can control it. We can, you know, make it a weapon and we can do this, that, and the other thing. And then you had Constantine who was like, you know, no, it's part of me. Yeah. You know, like and I, I will not be controlled. Screw you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, yeah. and yeah, so it's really three different you know, ways of looking at it. So if you look at it in the metaphorical sense, you can mm-hmm. look at the characters as each a different way of dealing with nasty stuff that's inside of you, emotions yeah. that are inside of you, fear, anger, mm-hmm. you know, the monster that's inside you, you know, when you do bad things or say things, you know, that are hurtful and stuff like that. I mean, we all have those moments where our where our boundaries and our and the walls and the things that we set up to help us put a good front come down and we say nasty mm-hmm. things we don't mean we say hurtful things you know because most of us build up you know a you know a way of regulating that right right you know i'm feeling nasty i'm feeling bad but i regulate myself so i don't lash out and i don't say nasty things absolutely and stuff like that yeah, you know, and, it, but but every once in a while, you know, those things break down and you do and it happens, you know. Yeah. And that could be for any number of reasons. You know, it's not an excuse. It's a still hurtful thing, but it happens and you have to make amends for when it happens, you know. Yeah. So you can look at these as like, how do these three people deal with it? Well, Tatiana doesn't want to. And it isn't until the end. It isn't until the end that we really see her like. I mean, look at her in the beginning. She is completely stone-faced. She's completely, yeah. you know, she's in that meeting and she's like, no, I did the right thing. You're not going to, she was completely tough. Even when she's first talking to the Colonel, yeah. she's like, you know, well, if you can, you know, she's snarky, you know, she's built up this whatever. And then even when she's talking to him on the helicopter, you know, she's like, oh, do I need to sign it? You know, she's not emotionally affected. Yeah, she's not. She's she's like whatever. Yeah. She has separated herself, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what she wants. She doesn't want to feel emotions, the bad stuff, right? And it isn't until yeah. the end, and she starts to see like the people getting killed, and and starts to form a relationship with Constantine, Constantine, that mm-hmm. you start to see her like cry and get upset and that sort of thing. That's a good point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, she like back, back to your point about like, she wants to be separate from fear. 
right? She wants to do do away with it, right? Because that's what she's trying to do to to Constantine. She's just trying to remove fear from the equation because fear is bad, right? But her getting up close to the creature, conquering that fear every single time and realizing, you know, like this is still Constantine underneath here. This is just one representation of, of him. Right. Mm -hmm. And not feeding into that fear, not being afraid of it, but empathetic and understanding that, like it was like her facing her own fears, right? Her facing her fear of yeah. like the nastiness in people, and then yeah. being able to sit there and say, "No, I'm not afraid." Yeah, you know, um, I'm not afraid, and, and conquering that, and realizing that she can face it, right? You know, that she can face it. I'm not afraid. I'm not this. I'm not that. Um, and whatever. And and can mm-hmm. I just talk about like my favorite scene? No, Danny, you cannot talk about your favorite scene. Hey, okay. <laughs> no, All right, no. never mind. Then. Go ahead. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Go. Um, it's when she goes to take him from there and he's trying to push her away. Mm-hmm. and they go find him and they're trying to bust him out and they have their plan of you know i'll pump this into you it'll come out it'll be separate from you we'll get mm. you to a hospital and you know it'll be fine that's her plan yeah and she goes to find him and he doesn't want to go yeah you know he was like why did you go in there i could have killed you etc cetera, etc cetera you know, no, you know, I'm not, it's not going to, then it will be out there. You know, the monster's going to be out, you know, and stuff like that. And that's something we are afraid of as people, you know, we're afraid of having those nasty sides of us come out, you know? Yeah. And the difference is having people in your life who kind of accept you for that, right? You know, you have people in your life who, you know, even if your walls break down and the stuff you've set up sometimes, come Mm -hmm. down they still accept you yeah and so my favorite scene was he tries to push her away and she turns it into a hug yeah and she just stands there hugging him and he's like still arguing but he's not pushing her away anymore no he's just giving in yeah yeah that was my favorite that 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 was really affected me that was really good the actors were really good i thought acting in this yes phenomenal acting and then that scene in particular where he's just like no you need to go i'm a monster this is my punishment yeah this is what i deserve etc and she's just hugging him and she's not yeah it reminds me a little bit of that scene in goodwill hunting where that happens with robin williams and oh, the yeah. Damon, where you know he's just telling him over and over it's not your fault you know, and then Matt Damon's like, yeah, I know, you know, I know it's not your fault. And he's saying that and he starts getting yeah. like really pissed. But then it turns into like, you know, just having somebody there who's not willing to let you push them away. Yeah. You know, like Robin Williams did in, in Goodwill Hunting to Matt Damon and how in this case, you know, she wasn't going to let him push her away either. Yeah you know it's like no you big dummy (laughs) try this you know yeah yeah Yeah. and I mean they also you know kind of 
developed feelings for one another because you know they slowly become more and more vulnerable and I mean what could be more vulnerable than when you're literally sharing the uh alien entity anger part of yourself with somebody else you could you know potentially be your partner and they just are still the most patient and empathetic and understanding yeah and trying to get you what you need yeah you know to deal with it and and whatever but yeah that was that was my favorite scene um you know in that when she goes in and they have that moment you know, and I didn't realize what was happening for a second. Like he pushed mm-hmm. her away and then they were there and I'm like, what? Oh, she's hugging yeah. him instead. You know, he tried to push her away and she just like hugged yeah. on to him and stuff. And she's like, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You're not a monster. You know, it wasn't your fault. We're going to fix it. It's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, um, yes. Yeah. So now, so I think, you know, in a sense, yeah, I think you really do. I agree with you. You kind of have to go metaphorical with yeah. the, with the, what these things are representing and stuff, because they didn't go the typical, you know, we're running through space from a horror thing. So it's about more than that. It's about, yeah. it's about how we deal with these things, how we deal with being faced with something that feeds off fear. How do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah. Um, and stuff and dealing with the fact that it's a part of you or being faced with it when you're scared to face it, you yeah. know, or, you know, you want to turn it into a weapon or what do you want to do, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think if we even want to take that metaphor and spread it to a much larger scale, you know, this, this film, all it, it kind of boils down to like fear of the other. And once you understand, once you remove that fear, then it's easier to empathize and mm-hmm. be kind. And that's kind of everything that Tatiana rep- represents is, you know, like not letting fear consume you. And I think to some to some extent that Con- Constantine kind of rep- represents that too, just because he takes his own life in the end, because he realized no matter what, I am going to hurt people I don't want to, it is not fair. It is better that I am not here to hurt people. And in a weird, you know, yeah. you, you think that that's, but given the context, what Constantine really represents is acceptance and mm. reality yeah. in a lot of ways. I mean, he, he does have things of like, this is, I deserve this, but, but accepting because he knew the whole time. Yeah. We find out that he knew the whole time, ever since he had the alien, that this is what was going on. He knew what the alien was doing. He knew, he knew the whole deal. Yeah. You know, and his is really about that acceptance about, you know, a part of me and, and whatever, and, and, and all of that. And then in the end, realizing what needed to happen, um, Mm. you know, and, and it's metaphorical in that sense, you know, stop trying to separate me from it. Yeah. You know, and it ironically is kind of in that moment where he actually becomes like a hero or the closest thing to being a hero. Cause, uh, I think it was Tatiana at one point she's, she's just like, no, no heroes don't abandon their children, you know, definitely, you know, hero, you know, you You sat in a tin can, you know, what did you do? You sat in a tin can and you went off to space, you know, you know, like, you know, you're Jeff Bezos or something, right? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, and I think like when she said that to him, Ooh, he like, he did not, he was not happy about that. And I don't think like his, his character was angry because she had said that he was angry because I think in that moment he realized that she was right. But of course, you know, his character is not going to admit that right then and there. Um, him taking his own life at the end, like that's his way of ad- admitting it. And if part of being a hero, and I think he tells this to, to Tatiana at one point or somebody like refers to her directly or indirectly as a hero because she's legitimately trying to save people. You know, she's, she's, she's doing good, you know? So Con- Constantine, he realizes that at the end and for him to save people, he can't exist anymore, but that's the most heroic act he did throughout the entire film. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. So going on with our metaphor, there's one of kind of the four main characters we didn't talk about. The other doctor, Yan uh, Ragel, who was Ragel. there before. I mean, what, what do we think about him? Like, who's he? What's his deal? What's his purpose? Oh, uh, he kind of to me. Um, and I'm curious to hear if you agree with this or or not, but he to me uh, is like that representation of somebody who knows the shit they're involved in is fucked up things that are going on around them are fucked up but they're they don't afraid. do anything they yeah, don't do they anything don't do because anything. they're yeah. afraid again that's he's like the fourth kind of fear i think you know yeah. he's he's trying to deal with fear by pretending it it doesn't exist by like ignoring or that it. he can't affect it or that he, whatever yeah. that he has no power over what's going on so he kind of just watches the whole thing yeah you know what i'm yeah yeah I, I, I agree that's actually what i was about to say something similar is that yeah. he's kind of the the bystander aspects of dealing with emotions that you know they're there and everything like that but you rather would just not yeah you know you just kind of stand by and watch them wreak havoc and you don't do anything you're not even trying to separate yourself from them like yeah. the doctor is you're not even trying to like separate, get rid of them, be proactive or do anything. You're just letting things happen the way they happen and pretending like it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. It's like, right. I'm just following orders. Yeah. You know? I mean, he even says that to her. Oh yeah. It wasn't me. It was the Colonel who was making me, you know, who's doing all this stuff. If you're upset about these people dying. Right. You know, and she called him a coward and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, a healthy and hearty specimen of coward. <laughs> yeah, she oh, called she, him, which was a great burn. She had some great lines in this movie. Oh yeah. my god! But yeah, yeah, I think that is what he represents. The the I mean, because at least the doctor, she's trying. She's being active in trying to like deal and take responsibility mm-hmm. and do something and whatever. And the other, he's just not, he's just like, oh, I can't do anything about it. Look, everything's happening to me and yeah. I don't have any ability to do anything whatsoever. Yeah. You know, until, until the very end where I think like, she, the very end, yeah. He, yeah, she gets through to him and finally, he, yeah, <laughs> he, he, uh, he ends up, you know, redeeming himself and, and deciding that he is going to do something. Yeah. Who's he calls, he calls 
the government. Yeah, right? the government. I, yeah, and let's the them know what's going on. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we got this um dude here with an alien inside of him. Yeah. And the alien's really hungry. So we've been feeding we the alien prisoners. Like our, <laughs> our prisoners here. And my God, shit's really fucked. Oh, I gotta go. Colonel's coming. I'm about to die. Okay, bye. You know? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, then, bye. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why those people showed up at the end. Yeah. At the, when she was standing there by herself and those people were there coming because the other doctor had yeah. been like, what the? F-? Yeah, but that's what he did. He called the government because the colonel had been hiding what was happening yeah. from them. He'd been making fake reports and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he ate this. This was his temperature. This was that and the other thing. And yeah, wasn't true. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think I think that is the that aspect. I think that's the aspect that he definitely rep- I agree with you. Yeah. I think that's it. I mean, and it kind of makes you sit there and think, you know, I think we can, at least I can, I can, I can think of times where I have reacted in all those ways to negative yeah. emotions. I, you know, I, I, I can think of times where, you know, I've been the, you know, I felt them and I just didn't want to have anything to do with it. So I was actively trying to separate myself from feeling those negative feelings mm-hmm. I've been the other doctor and just been like, no, nope, nothing I can do. You know, all this, none of this is my fault. That's what that's about. You know, just trying to ignore it, you know, and, and, you know, pretend like I'm not involved, you know, and being like the, the colonel and trying to kind of weaponize it, use it and turn it on other people, you know, mm-hmm. which think, is really what yeah. that's about, you know, turning negative emotions onto other people, lashing out, I think is really kind of what the colonel represents. If you're talking metaphor, yeah, you know, when he says weaponize it in a, in a, in a metaphorical sense, it would mean taking all those negative emotions and lashing out and making yeah. other people miserable and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. It's like, um, the old saying, don't, don't get mad get even yeah <laughs> like that's basically no you're taking that anger and you're weaponizing it if you're going to get even with somebody um yeah. which obviously uh is not really the best way to approach things um but yeah totally, it's not healthy yeah. everybody here's your no! PSA for the episode it PSA for healthy. the episode you know if you're you know next time you find yourself wanting to be a keyboard warrior and yell at somebody on the internet, just kind of stop and ask yourself, like, why am I doing, do I really need to do this in the grand scheme of things? You know, like, but, um, no, um, I think all of us, we've all dealt with fear in those, those four main ways, those exact ways. And that's what makes us human. I think, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the ending then. How do we feel the ending? You know, he kills himself as we've mentioned. Um, he, yeah. he says, no, I mean, there's nothing we can do. This thing can't live without me. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he just takes care of it because the alien won't be able to live. Yeah. You know, without him. So he kind of took care of the problem. Um, so that happens. And then she goes to pick up the child. Yeah. Now I'm I'm confused. I'm usually pretty good about these things, but mm-hmm. the nurse picked up running. He was wanting running shoes. The kid was wanting running shoes the whole time. 
Yeah. Trying to steal the keys to get up in that box to get shoes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then she says, she's talking to him. She's like nattering on. Mm -hmm. And he says, I'm not a boy. Or the kid says, I'm not a boy. I'm Tanya. Yeah. And then goes outside and meets like what what is that i'm confused like what was the kid what was was the kid i was really confused about that too because then he goes outside and then you know talks to tatiana and calls her tanya i think right yeah she introduces herself as tanya as tanya yeah tanya yeah i mean i'm not hallucinating that's what the kid said right like that yeah the kid was like i'm not a boy i'm tanya I'm Tanya. So why, yeah, why would he call himself by her name? Did he somehow know? And he's getting running shoes. You know, the boy's in a wheelchair. He has some issues getting up at first, but then he seems to walk okay and everything is fine. Is it a progression of accepting feelings? Like the boy is kind of the culmination And Mm -hmm. as we kind of go through the story and we're dealing and we're working through all of this stuff, the kid gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Right. Mm -hmm. So Tanya, Tatiana coming together with the boy is kind of representative of like the first circle. Like you're not separating yourself from it anymore. Yeah. And you're not completely accepting of it and feeling like you deserve to feel bad like Constantine. Yeah. You're not trying to weaponize it like the colonel. You're not trying to ignore it or pretend you don't have anything to do with it like the other doctor. You are embracing it. Yeah. In a healthy way. It, it is separate from you in a way, but it is also you. Yeah. Right. You're not completely consumed by it like Constantine. You are not yeah. um, trying to weaponize it. You're not trying to ignore it. And you're not trying to completely disassociate like she was in the beginning. Yeah. Perhaps I mean, that's what it means. Yeah. I think that same that same meeting could have come across with the clear ending with, with the boy, though, without yeah. those kind of loose bits of dialogue that are really confusing <laughs> yeah you know why is this so important to you you know always you're always running around and stuff like that maybe it's like representative of like she's trying to keep that contained somehow that part of her and now she's not anymore yeah you know she was trying to disassociate but now she has a healthy like she, she lives with it. She deals with it. It's mm-hmm. a part of her, but it doesn't control her. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a true healthy symbiotic relationship, not a bad symbiotic relationship. Right. And I mean, in a sense too, because she's a psych- psychiatrist, you know, she's well-versed in matters of the mind and mental illness and everything else. Um, I'm sure she probably also knows, you know, what she could potentially be getting into with, with this kid, you know, mm-hmm. not knowing his dad, his mother dying, being put into this home, you know, with uh, shitting nurses and, and doctors. Um, and she, as far as we n- know from the film, like she, 
no boyfriend, like no husband. It's just her. Right. Um, she, you know, she outright states that she doesn't have any kids. And now she's like taking on like a seven-year-old, a seven-year-old. Right. It, it's, it's a massive responsibility that she's doing, but yet she seems so sure of herself. There's like no fear. And that's kind of how the kid comes across at the end too, getting mm. ready with his running shoes to go out and everything else. And he just seems like, yes, let's do this. Let's get me out yeah. of here. Yeah. Cause they like hug right away and they had like just met and yeah. Yeah. So I really, I feel like it's probably something along those lines, like her yeah. meeting up with the kid is sort of you know, dealing with acknowledging those feelings, not hiding them away, not trying mm-hmm. to disassociate, not trying to weaponize, not trying to, you know, let them right. take you over, but in a, like a familial, in a, I know you're there, I acknowledge you, let them do all that sort of way. Right. You know? really? I just, I, I just Googled uh, Spudnik ending meaning and- oh. What what does somebody else have to say? See, we won't be online because we did not look this up before. So (laughs) let's see if other people kind of agree with us. What does it say? So we got something from from Ian Sanwell at Digital Spy. Spudnik ending explained who is the child at the end. Mm -hmm. And this is from January, the beginning of the year. Um, uh oh it's on netflix and i run it on amazon i'm dumb okay um it wasn't on netflix i tried oh oh it wasn't it was it was oh okay so it's not now okay maybe it's on shutter i should have checked but that um whatever um okay uh this is okay we already went over all of this Okay. During the movie, we see glimpses of a child using a wheelchair at an orphanage who has difficulty walking and is part of the invalid group, which is not politically correct today. This was set in the 80s. A lot of things have changed, but yeah. yeah. Uh, we assume it's Lyosha, it's Lyosha, Lyosha L-Y-O-S-H-A. Mm-hmm. Uh, since the first time we see him is after Constantine first, first talks about his feeling as though he abandoned his son. Oh, however, it's revealed at the end that the child we've been seeing is actually Tatiana when she was younger and she happened to grow up in the same orphanage as Losha, Laosha. A glimpse at a scar on Tatiana earlier in the movie is seemingly a nod to her undergoing an operation to improve her mobility. Our story deals with trauma. Director Edgo or Ed, Edgar um, Ambramenko told Inverse about the surprise reveal about Tatiana. Our main protagonist has trauma. Even the Colonel, a terrific villain, has his own trauma. We thought we needed our audience to know why Tatiana and ended up like she is, why she's so tough. We wanted to show her background in that way. Everyone has their own personal trauma, and that ending is part of Tatiana. Hmm. Okay. So we were kind of right. I mean, it's, it's significant. It wasn't his kid, but it is symbolic of her kind of accepting that part of her in a way. 
but it is so it like cuts between her and Laosha though but it's not I am so confused I did not get that in the film at all I didn't either yeah so why why was she I mean if it was actually her why was she greeting the kid or greeting herself yeah because I mean nothing else really had that interesting I mean I wish it was clear because like her going back to the orphanage as if she is confronting that last bit of part of fear or trauma from her childhood. That Mm -hmm. totally makes sense. It's very fitting with the character, but it is also fitting with the character that she would adopt his son. Mm -hmm. So, um, interesting. And it's, it's the same orphanage. Oh, okay. So the, the, the kid in the orphanage that we see the entire time is Tatiana, but the kid that she's hugging is Laosha. Laosha. Okay. So they kind of, yeah. Okay. All right. I get it. Yeah. They just kind of like her imagining Mm -hmm. before she meets him. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So, like, all the kid we see beforehand and her turning around, I'm not a boy, I'm Tanya, yeah. and then her going out, but then it stops there, and mm-hmm. then who we, we see her hugging is the kid. So yeah. she is going to adopt the kid, but what we see before that and up to is kind of her story. Yeah, and I mean, it's saying that you have to, like, the only thing that gives it away is, like, a scar, on yeah and then she was limping and stuff like that at one point she gets bit in the leg and stuff like that so i think that was probably another clue yeah still she gets she gets attacked by the creature on the leg and then she's limping when they're running around so i think that might be another like oh it's her yeah still could have been clear but the explanation it's it's fitting Right. Yeah. And the fact that the director talks about trauma and everything, that's essentially, I think, you know, what we've been getting at the entire time, you know, the relationship to trauma and fear and how each character dealt with it in a different way and how it caused them to relate to one another yeah. or not relate to one another. So cool. All right. Well, final thoughts. Um, yeah. Final surprising comment? um it moved it had a nice consistent pace through it I really like enjoyed it it was it was it was a good surprising watch yeah it was it was really good I agree yeah cool all right so what are we doing next time oh, for next week all right um we will be doing little nightmares two which came out in 2020 obviously it's the sequel to uh the very well received and beloved little nightmares um good game very very good game so we'll be playing the sequel because it came out at the end of last year so we're just trying to play some catch up but um it's by suit Supermassive Games. Um, if you're not familiar with it, uh, you can find Little Nightmares 2. You can find it on Steam, on Epic, on GOG, on Google Stadia. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find it in a whole... It might I'm, it might even be on Nintendo Switch. Um, it's on PlayStation. 
It's on, oh, it's on, it's on PlayStation, probably on Xbox. Um, if you have Xbox game pass, check, check that out. Um, if you have Stadia pro, uh, it's free for Stadia pro sub subscribers. Um, so it's, it's, you can easily find it if you wanted to play it before, uh, our next episode comes out. Um, but to keep up with everything that's been going on, when our episodes come out and everything else, you should follow us on Twitter at the box underscore podcast slasher at tell us what's in the box. If we ever get back on it, we're mostly on Twitter people. Um, yeah. You can listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts at this point, you can probably find us. Um, and thank you so much for tuning in again. We will see you two weeks from now and don't forget shake the box, box before, before you, you open, open it. it that's right we gotta get it together we gotta like do it. hold on wait, wait wait we're gonna do it at the same time okay ready all right okay ready one two three shake, shake the, the box, box before, before you open, open it, it. <laughs> we'll get it done at some point